What's going on, guys? And welcome back to the Crew Sports Pod, episode number 22. Make sure to check out our Twitter, at Crew Sports Pod. And if you like, follow, and retweet whenever we tweet out a new episode, you might have a chance to get on the pod sometime in the future. Talk sports with us. But getting into this week's episode, we just had Super Bowl Sunday in the Rams with a huge win over the Bengals. And so our predictions were right, at least. Yeah. I was hoping maybe the Bengals would win just because I picked the Rams and that was like my luck against the Bengals this year. But I guess I actually picked correctly once and uh, it was a pretty close game. We both thought it was going to be a fairly close game too. Yeah, it was a good game. And we're going to get into a little more later, but we got a more normal pod set up this week. We actually got a new segment. We're actually going to be doing a rank it later to end the pod. So we haven't done one of those in a while. Getting back to some of the older things we've done, the rank is going to be Pretty exciting, too. We got a nice topic for you guys. But start off with a new segment. We had the NBA trade deadline between the last time we recorded and now. And a lot went down on the deadline. With the biggest one being the Sixers and the Nets. Harden gets out of Brooklyn. And I guess we might actually see Ben Simmons play this year. Yeah, it's pretty exciting stuff for a fan. Because, I mean, I it was pretty clear that Harden wasn't like, giving it his all. Wasn't playing a lot of games in the nets and he just doesn't like it there and it's really really obvious that Simmons doesn't like it as a Sixers because he didn't really <laughs> try um, but we get to see both of them play and I think both teams won this is one of those rare trades that both teams won and not only won but they won big time I think the 76ers have a super team with Harden and Embiid who's having an amazing gear leading the NBA in scoring and then I think the big thing about the Nets is they got some good defense at Simmons and got a lot of role pieces. They got Seth Curry and Drummond, and they got two first-round picks. Yeah, one of the first-round picks is 2027, though, so thinking of drafting like an eighth-grader. I was thinking maybe that future pick was going to be used as a trading asset maybe in the offseason. Oh, yeah, maybe, but uh, you make a good point. Both teams improved. At first, my very initial reaction was like, Ben Simmons is not even playing. I don't even know how good he was after he ended last year. Yeah. And James Harden is like a superstar. But like the rest of it, like Simmons actually coming back, Nets need defense. That's going to be huge. And he's not going to be ball handling if you got Kyrie and KD anyway. That's going to be mm-hmm. huge. Seth Curry, another shooter to the Nets. Absolutely. And he's been balling Big-time out. Big-time role player in depth and that, yeah. And then Andre Drummond, I guess, maybe more defense and, and size and rebounding. And then two first-round picks. And then they gave up uh, James Harden, obviously their superstar, and then Millsap. But I think they gained good depth with Curry and Drummond. So. And I think the big thing about Simmons and uh, Drummond is they're ferocious rebound gra- grabbers. And I think that Nets team was definitely like cheated out of possessions when they lost to the Bucks last year in the playoffs. They definitely could have used some more boards and some good defense because they had this – they had the scoring, and Katie was playing alone for most of that series. So I think I think they win big time. And 76ers, you can't deny it. Like, first of all, Simmons wasn't even playing, but second, Harden is still an elite player, and him and Embiid are going to go crazy. James Harden, Joel Embiid, pick and roll. Good luck. <laughs> exactly. I just want these two teams to play the uh, Easter Conference Championship game and it to go to, like, seven games. Oh, yeah. that It's going to get chippy. Yes, sir. That would be good. That would be good. Uh, some other notable trades from last week. This one was a little earlier in the week between the Cavs and the Pacers. So the Cavs get Karis LeVert, who's been having a good year, and a 2022 second-round pick. And the Pacers get Ricky Rubio and then, like, three other picks. 
Yeah, I thought the Karis LeVert one was interesting because he dropped a 40-piece with the Pacers and a couple of days later gets traded away. <laughs> so maybe... Yeah, he's been having a great year. Like, I, I went to one Pacers game this year. Against the Suns, he had a good game. Yeah. Uh, he's been having a good year. And when a lot of other players are kind of slow, Karis LeVert was the one keeping the scoring going. So interesting trade for cares for Ricky Rubio. Yeah. Good for the Cavs, though. I think the Cavs <laughs> are surprisingly are like sneaky good. I think they are, too. I mean, they're the three seed right now. And now they got adding Karis LeVert to that squad full of young stars. Karis LeVert being one of them. They're going to be a pretty good mean team in the playoffs. I mean, I don't think they do anything now, like not this year, but yeah, very young. I mean, exactly. Maybe in a couple years to come. And I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if they won a series or two. But yeah, it's yeah, Cleveland, though. Yeah, true. Like at best, they'll be like last year's Hawks. <laughs> yeah, actually, that's fair. But I mean, last year's Hawks made a surprising run. I think I think their yeah. series is a little bit lower than that too. The Pacers were in action a lot last week, actually, because then the day after. They did a trade with the Kings. I think this was a really good trade for the Pacers. Um, they traded away Sabonis, Justin Holiday, and Jeremy Lamb, and a 2023 second-round pick. In return, they got Tyrese Halliburton, Buddy Heald, and Tristan Thompson from the Kings. It looks like they're just clearing house because they got rid of Sabonis and LaVert, two of their better players, if not their best players. But um, it looks like a good rebuild and with Tyrese, who's a young stud. I think... The thing about the future now. And he's been amazing since coming to the Pacers. I mean, it's only been a couple of games, but he's been balling out. And then I think they're just going to have Buddy Heald as a as just more an asset to trade and get something else. But I like Buddy Heald too. And I don't think Sabonis was not having a great year. Uh, I did like Justin Holiday though. Yeah, I like Holiday. But I think in general, I think the Pacers end up winning this trade. But still, I think Sabonis to like Darren Fox... Yeah, but getting rid of Halliburton, and it, that did not go over well with the Kings fans. Facts. Especially how he, he just started going crazy right when he landed in Indy. Yeah, no, I mean, I agree. If I was a, because he's he's a young asset. You don't even, you haven't even seen his full potential. And he was still like close second or third to rookie of the year last year behind, like, you know, Melo. Like, he's probably, and Anthony Edwards, he's probably like the third best. And yeah, to just get rid of him this early on, yeah, I, I agree. I'd be pretty upset. He was very upset too. <laughs> yeah, he was. I heard because a couple days before he got traded, I think I saw this video where he said, "Like, I'm excited to change the culture of the Kings." Oh yeah, and he was like committed to the city and everything. Yeah, exactly. And then they just they're like, "Nah, nah, nah, we don't want to win." So <laughs> they just got rid of him. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Yeah, he was not happy. Uh, one of the other big trades from last week was between the Blazers and the Pelicans. So Pelicans get CJ McCollum, Larry Nance, and Tony Snell in exchange for Josh Hart, Nikhil Alexander-Walker, and Thomas Sanaransky, and then a couple picks. It's crazy to see TJ not being with Dame anymore, though. That's like a dynamic duo, but it's time to move on. I know, and poor Dame. <laughs> it's not like he got, gets any more help now because these guys are all like role players. It's mostly just because of the picks. Yeah, well, Dame does not need future picks. He does not need a 2026 mm-hmm. or 2027 pick. This man needs help now. Dame is win now. Exactly. I, I, don't, I, know. I don't know how, because even after this trade, he still says he's committed to the Blazers and to Portland. I'm like, I don't know how he does it. He needs to go. I, I just want to see Dame yeah. on like the Lakers <laughs> or something. Yeah. 
maybe maybe not on the Lakers because they're pretty like they already have their fair share of stars. But on a team, on just any contending team, Dame for Dame for Russ, bro. There's no way the Blazers take that. <laughs> <laughs> they took this trade. I don't know what this got them. That's fair. That's fair. No, the only thing about Russ is like I think his stock has fallen dramatically. Like he's not the same Russ that we used to all love. I mean, I, it's not like we don't love him. He's just not that good. And his contract's like forty plus million a year. So yeah, no, no one wants to. And then I think the last big trade of the deadline: Mavericks and Wizards. Mavericks get Spencer Dinwiddie and David Bertans, and Wizards get Kristop and a twenty twenty two second round pick. I don't know what the Mavs were doing here. I don't know. Was Kristaps really not getting along with Luca? I liked him in in New York when he was a Nick, but I don't know since then. Since he went to Dallas, it's not been the same. That was also after a, a big injury. So no, it, it does confuse me too. But I will say Spencer Dinwiddie, he's a pretty underrated player. I think he's he's pretty solid. Yeah, but he what is he gonna do with Luca on the floor? That's true. You need a big man like like Porzingis, but who knows? I tr- I trust Cuban. I trust a fellow Hoosier. That's true, I guess. I don't know. We'll have to ask him next time he's in town, next time he's in Bloomington. <laughs> For sure. That wraps up the news. Let's get into Super Bowl. We had the Super Bowl last Sunday, obviously. The Rams had to come back against the Bengals. That game was a really good game. I I, I was actually surprised at how good of a Super Bowl it turned out to be because uh, it seemed like the Rams had it early on. They are up 14-3, and then the Bengals... Went on a 17-0 run, and it seemed like they were dominating, especially after they got that pick after T. Higgins' big touchdown. The following drive, they got that pick, but then they were limited to a field goal, and then the rest of the game was pretty much scoreless for them. And then the Rams ended with a 10-0 run. Yes, sir. And Cooper Cup getting the go-ahead touchdown with just over a minute left. The triple crown winner got the Super Bowl MVP, so like I guess the fourth crown, if you will. He should be the playoff MVP, too, because he really had so many receiving yards throughout the playoffs and touchdowns. Cooper Cup, just what an amazing run and story this year it was. True. And on the other side of the ball, Aaron Donald came up huge. He was the one that ended the game on fourth and one when the Bengals had to go for it. And th- there was a mic'd up clip that I saw you know, the day after the Super Bowl where McVay was like, he's like, hey, watch this. Aaron about to have a big play. Aaron about to have a big play. And Aaron Donald busts through the middle and, and throws oh, yeah. down Joe Burrow. And then he runs over to him. He was like, I knew it. <laughs> That's amazing, though. Aaron Donald is such a badass. Because, like, they're talking about, like, oh, he's struggling against this poor Bengals offensive line. No, no. They they were, like, triple teaming him. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he was probably getting frustrated with those double, triple teams. And Yeah. And then after, I think they started bringing, they started bringing, like, a linebacker or someone else, put him over the center so the center couldn't come and keep helping on Aaron Donald. And then since they did that, he just ate in the middle. I mean, he had, what, two sacks? And then, and the Rams had a total of seven sacks. So it got close to that nine number, Vito. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I was thinking, yeah, I was like, wow. And honestly, Joe Burrow was getting rid of the ball so fast that game. I was surprised that he got to seven. I know. And then I think it was like five in the second half, maybe, or something like that. But, yeah, because uh, Aaron Donald started going crazy. And if he didn't get him, he'd flush him out to like Von Miller, who had two sacks as well. Yeah, it was cool to see Juan getting going crazy towards the end of the year. Dang, just having those two on the same line because Juan Miller won a Super Bowl MVP a few years ago. Like, he was insane. And AD could have had one, should have had one this game. Yeah, if he wasn't getting triple teamed. <laughs> but instead, the uh, MVP went to the triple crown winner. 
But overall, a lot of crazy things. Ramsey actually gave up more yards this game than any other game in his career. But with an asterisk, because what did you think of that T. Higgins touchdown? Was that an offensive PI? I mean, yeah. Yeah. Just because he turned his head and then, like, Ramsey had no chance. But then the Rams got a makeup call later that there was, like, right before they scored a touchdown in the very end of the game, there was, like, a really soft holding. Yeah, one that shouldn't have been holding. But, yeah, exactly. I can't really be because. I was cheering for the Bengals, and I was, like, a little upset with that call, but I'm like, you know, honestly, they probably should never even take the lead because that was definitely an offensive PI uh, by Higgins. I mean, yeah, each one ended with a touchdown, so I would have rather, like, obviously in a perfect game, which never happens, you would just get rid of both of those, but... Yeah, exactly, but can't really do that, but, but it did even out, luckily. I think Jamar Chase, he didn't have too many big plays for that one diving, one-handed catch. In the very beginning, yeah, yeah, that was insane. Yeah, he opened up the game, burning Ramsey. Facts. And Ramsey was like neck and neck, like throughout all those plays. It's just, I mean, Jamar Chase is just such a stud. I think it's gonna be really interesting to see how much Chase and Higgins both develop because I think they already have their receivers and uh, Burrow. This is definitely their franchise quarterback, so all they really need is that O line now. And Mixon is a running. Yeah, back. he's been doing pretty good for sure. Like they already got their core. They just need a something to protect them. They're in a good spot to move forward. And their defense, over the last couple of years, they've added like nine of their starters. And their defense playing played very well together, especially to end the season. <laughs> Most of their defense. There was a lot of a lot of social media hate on uh, Eli Apple for getting torched by Cooper Cup. I mean, that's not fair. The whole league gets torched by him. So like... <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's, that's my point. I'm like, Eli Apple wasn't in something wrong because the league just hates him because there's nothing special about him. Like, everyone... Who's went against Cooper Cup this year's lose that matchup for the most part? Yeah, I think the only bad thing from the Super Bowl was we saw OBJ after a hot start, you know, two catches, 52 yards, and a touchdown, left the game with a non contact injury. And I don't think it's been confirmed it's ACL yet, but it definitely looked like it. OBJ was just looking like he was getting back to prime OBJ, literally the first half of the Super Bowl. He's doing pretty well. So, I mean, two big catches, yeah. Hopefully he comes back better than ever, or at least as good as this year was. I'd like him to come back on the Rams still, too. I want to see the Rams, like this Rams offense with OBJ healthy and add Robert Woods back. Oh, facts. Yeah. You know, does Robert Woods get his Super Bowl ring since he was injured? Uh, I think so, because he's still on the team. Yeah, that's fair. That makes sense. Wow. Yeah, because they have Woods. And Woods, Woods is a mean receiver, really good route runner. Oh, yeah. And another guy that just takes the top off the defense. Yeah, absolutely. And honestly, that, that Rams defense wasn't fully healthy since they were missing their safeties. But wow. this team, Yeah, this team also has room to improve. I wanted to say uh, real quick that uh, the only corner that I think that could really kind of shut down Cup in, this, in the NFL would probably be Jalen Ramsey. Well, that's not fair. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. They probably go against each other a lot of practice. Yeah, the only time he gets to shut him down is practice. <laughs> yeah. Just wait till Trey White comes back next year, bro. The Bills got him. See, that's the thing. Cooper Cup isn't here that fast. He's just like brilliant. He just understands all zones and leverage points. It's yeah, and good route running and yeah, exactly. But anyways, should we move on to the rank it? Yes. So we did a similar thing after the college football championships. Now our rank it. We're gonna rank the last ten Super Bowls. And our criteria, since, I mean, they're all Super Bowls, so they're all the most important game of the year. 
uh, really comes down to competitiveness, how close the game was as a primary thing. And then second behind that would be the storylines intertwined with the game itself. And I mean, these are all Super Bowls, so they all have a lot of crazy storylines, but some years they're better than others, you know? Honestly, going to this list, I'm not even sure what number one would be or like how to rank it accordingly because there's been some nice Super Bowls over the years. There's been a couple of blowouts, so I think the bottom of the list is going to be a little easier. Yeah, I was thinking that too. Should we start at the bottom? Okay, sure. Yeah, I, I like that. We're going from this year's Super Bowl all the way back to 2013, Ravens 49ers. Okay, so I'm thinking for the bottom, it's probably that Seahawks-Broncos year where the Seahawks absolutely blew them out. There's one exception. This isn't the most dominant game, but the 2019 Patriots-Rams Super Bowl was one of the most boring Super Bowls ever. I was thinking that too. The lowest scoring Super Bowl ever. Yeah. 13-3. to Exactly. One touchdown, which is like a, a short touchdown run, so it wasn't even anything explosive. And going into the fourth quarter, actually halfway through the fourth quarter, there was not even a single touchdown scored. Yeah, and the Rams did literally nothing that whole game. Yeah, yeah. It was, they literally just doing cardio on offense. I guess the defense played pretty well. I guess. But I, I agree. The Seahawks and Broncos should be there. The only thing about the Seahawks and Broncos was it's kind of, if you're a Seahawks fan, that game was pretty fun because they were going crazy on defense making plays. Well, yeah, because the thing was, that one was number one offense in the Broncos versus number one defense in the Seahawks. And we know who won that battle. Oh, yeah, for sure. The defense, you'd start playing offense a little. Actually, that one, I guess that one was a little more fun because there was just so many things going on. Like, at least scoring was happening and plays were happening. I feel like the the Patriots-Rams was like just a punt fest. Facts, facts, punt after punt. At least the entertaining part of the night was the Super Bowl commercials, but yeah. it was definitely not the game. Yeah, all right, I'm going. I would say number 10 is the 2019 Patriots over the Rams, 13-3. Yeah. You know, another one that was kind of boring, not going to lie, was last year's. Yeah, you know, I, I agree, but I, I know a lot of folks like that because of Tom Brady winning his seventh and his second team. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, the storylines were huge, right? And Gronk and Brady connected in that game for a couple touchdowns, and, and everyone was going crazy for that. And Patrick Mahomes was kind of doing crazy plays at the end, but none of them actually got converted. Like, all his diving throws and stuff. But that game really wasn't that close. No, it wasn't. There was the, the Broncos-Panthers game. 2016 was not that close either. That was Von Miller's Super Bowl MVP. And... Actually, that was that was definitely a very defensive game. It was de- it was almost as defensive actually as the Rams Patriots one because like even though the Broncos scored uh, twenty four, one of them was a defensive touchdown, and like in general they were just set up well by their defense because uh, Broncos only had one hundred ninety four total yards of offense and only like one forty in the air. Like the Broncos were not moving the ball against that really stingy like. Panthers defense. It's just Cam Newton couldn't do anything against that Broncos pass rush. Cam Newton went 18 for 41, and Peyton Manning went 13 for 23 with 141 yards and no touchdowns. Yeah, that game wasn't like the most exciting. Patriots Rams a 10. I'd say that's the most boring, but the next most boring of those 10, would you say then it's it is between those three though, and I think they're gonna fall in some order of the sort, but uh I think the best out of those three is Seahawks-Broncos. I agree. Legion of Boom was fun. I love LOB back then. 
Yeah, and like the the first play of the game was that snap that went over Peyton Manning's head. Did it end up in like a safety? Yeah, yep. And it the it was just crazy from the beginning. And yeah, exactly. If you're if you're a Seahawks fan, there's so much happening on that one side. And I mean, if you're a Broncos fan, it wasn't the best, but it was at least entertaining if because we got to see one like really good football on one side of the ball. So yeah, I would put that seven. But as for nine, I would actually put second to last. As the Broncos and the <laughs> Panthers. Wow, Broncos just kind of have some boring Super Bowls, in my opinion. That was um, Peyton Manning's last year. He retired on a Super Bowl win. Oh, okay. So I guess what differentiates these two is the storyline, then. I see. Then, okay. I would, yeah, I put Buccaneers, Chiefs at nine. And then Broncos, Panthers at eight. Yep. Because of the tie-breaking factor. Okay. Now it gets, gets a little more intense with close games. I want to see all these close right i mean they're super bowls they're supposed to be in terms of closeness chiefs and 49ers would be next but this one was interesting because with just six minutes left the chiefs are down by 10 points yeah i don't think like that one it was an 11 point game but that was a close game because that was a huge yeah. comeback and then some i've never yeah i've never seen 21 points scored in that short amount of time and it's gonna go down in history as like not that close to the super bowl a two-score game but if you look at the fine print, it was actually going to be not that close of a game. 49ers are going to win. Um, Until the last, like, five or six minutes. Yeah. It just totally went insane. But the thing is, looking at these other Super Bowls. Yeah, there's too many good ones. Because you have the Eagles upsetting the Patriots on the Philly special. That's one of my favorite. Honestly, that I'm not going to spoil it, but I think that's going to go really high for me. And, yeah, Nick Foles, Super Bowl MVP. <laughs> like the man can't even get a starting job since then. Facts. That super was insane. And Tom Brady threw 505 yards that game, setting a record. Yeah, that that can't go here. But definitely the 23 Super Bowl comeback's not gonna go this early. And definitely the Marshawn should have ran the ball. Super Bowl's not gonna get this low. <laughs> that has the interception by Malcolm Butler. That's part of our intro. That's facts. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely can't go too low. Just go against his pod. But then the lights out Super Bowl. Ravens 49ers. Yeah, that one was crazy too. And that was two brothers coaching and Ray Lewis. So he rode off into the sunset too. Yeah, he retired right after that. Yep. No, that one had weight. Yeah, that has so many stories. All right, which one did we leave out? Oh, this year's this year's Rams and Bengals Super Bowl. No way. <laughs> was that the sixth best Super Bowl in the last 10 years? Which I thought that was a pretty solid one. But, okay, it's it between that too. and the Chiefs and 49ers. But as we both kind of disclaimed that the Chiefs 49ers was actually a lot closer of a game than the score appears to be. So they're both comebacks. Okay, the only knock I would give on this year's Super Bowl was there was like a little bit in like maybe end of the second quarter, third quarter. It kind of got pretty defensive. And, like, neither team could do much. Yeah, there's a slow period for sure. I agree. I'm sure all these games had that. I just don't remember. Yeah, yeah. It's just recently you don't, you don't remember the, yeah, you don't remember the slow periods of a Super Bowl seven years ago. So, th- I mean, that'd be hard to knock this one for. But uh, I definitely, I mean, in terms of closeness, I guess Chiefs and 49ers isn't as close to this, but kind of is too, if that makes sense. Like, it just doesn't show the score. But, you know, this is a lot harder than I thought. I knew it was going to be hard, but not. Like this, damn! I'm just that's what I was, yeah, that's what I tried to say before the podcast. Like, there's been just some really good Super Bowls. I didn't even realize. Well, I thought like we'd get stuck on like the last three or four, not six out of ten. Well, we could say for sure though, it ha- one of these two is not going to make it to top four. 
so these are going to be five and six. Yeah. Mm. Uh, I'm sorry, but I think Patrick Mahomes going too so crazy at the end kind of just ruins Super Bowl 2020 and makes it number six for me. I want to say it ruined it. Like, it was still... <laughs> it's okay. It was still pretty good. But this year's Rams and Bengals won, like, 50 seconds left. Like, there was, the result wasn't, you know, guaranteed at all. But that game, they scored their second touchdown with a minute left. I mean, their third touchdown with a minute left. So it was kind of over before it was over a little, like a little bit in advance. I guess I suppose I suppose yeah I'm I'm good with that. So at sixth we have the 2020 Super Bowl Chiefs 31 over 49ers 20, and at fifth we have this year's Super Bowl the Rams being the Bengals 23 to 20 to get their first Super Bowl win in LA as the LA Rams and Sean McVay is now the youngest head coach to ever win a Super Bowl. Wow, beating uh, was that Mike Tomlin from the Steelers? Mike Tomlin, yep. Wow, wow, that Super Bowl was more than ten years ago because that's not on our list. Yeah, wow, we're getting old. No, that's what I was saying, bro. That that's like fifteen years ago. So, <laughs> what? Yeah, we've been watching football for a while. Oh my <laughs> gosh! <laughs> wow, thank God we capped this the last ten years because facts. If we pushed it back fifteen. That would just be even harder. All right, time for the top four. This is where it gets insanely hard because these are all instant classics. <sighs> Would I have to say number four being the 2013 Super Bowl between the Harbaugh brothers, the power outage? Because the thing is, the 23 comeback just is going to go down in history as one of the craziest Super Bowls ever. And the Eagles being the Patriots with their backup quarterback. And that Super Bowl set so many offensive records. There's It was a really, really fun game to watch. So I can't put that this low so you're leaving it between the seahawks patriots in 2015 or the ravens 49ers in 2013 yeah for three or four but even then like come on like oh if marshall read that ball because <laughs> i want the seahawks to win but that is definitely one of the craziest plays you'll ever see because wilson rarely makes mistakes like even now and they had marshall and lynch like patriots all but almost lost that game and you see a backup corner making a pick. Yeah, but Ravens 49ers, Ray Lewis's last hurrah, battle of the Harbaugh brothers, and then the Ravens up big, and then the power goes out. 49ers come all the way back. Yeah, almost tied it too. But Joe Flacco had like that insane Super Bowl run. Like, like Flacco outside of that year was pretty average, but he, that Super Bowl run, he beat Tom Brady and Peyton Manning. Yeah, he had a good playoffs. Insane, yeah. The Harbaugh brothers battled out, and this his classic. The Super Bowl lights went out, like it was crazy because the whole country's watching on TV, and like, like what? It really changed the whole momentum because it was like having another halftime in like the middle of the third quarter. Exactly. No, for sure. The Forty ers like they gave us a second chance, and like I really thought Forty Nineers were gonna go win it too, but Ravens barely clawed that one out. But that being said, I still think th- that Super Bowl. It's just not as good as the other three. Okay, okay. I will say then we put Patriots Seahawks in the top three because Malcolm Butler is part of our intro. Yeah, okay, I bet. I agree. That's that should be part three of tiebreakers. <laughs> Relevance to our pod. <laughs> okay. This list is coming along nicely. These are some pretty good Super Bowls, though. Damn, we've been blessed the last 10 years to have like five or six instant classics. Now we have to figure out the... The top Super Bowl. It's going to be between the Patriots and the Birds. Oh, yeah, facts. Back to back years, too. 
I know 2017, 2018, we had a couple good games, but they were they were sandwiched by some of the more boring Super Bowls. Yeah, yeah, that's true. We can't be that blessed, but yeah, we had some of the bad that's ones true, before and true. after. But I will say that Tom Brady set records in two years in a row. He set the Super Bowl record for most passing yards in 2017 with 466 yards. And who else to beat that record than Tom Brady himself the next year? <laughs> 505 yards. So we either have Patriots, the biggest comeback ever in the Super Bowl against the Falcons, or Eagles beat the Patriots in the best like offensive showing in the Super Bowl ever with almost 1,150 total yards of offense. Bro, that's so insane, though. Like 1,150 yards in the Super Bowl, like that's so much fun to watch. 613 yards for the Patriots, 538 for the Eagles. That's crazy. I kind of wanted to put this lower because in terms of score, it was eight-point games. It wasn't as close, I guess, as the others. But it was one fun Super Bowl. No, that's like that's like saying like the Bills-Chiefs game. When they're a touchdown game, that still that's means it's, it's close. Yeah, okay, that's fair. And this one, they won it on the Philly special. Yeah, like a Philly special. Like, oh, my goodness. Like, why would you try a trick play on a fourth down to the Super Bowl in the fourth quarter? With Nick Foles catching the ball. Yeah. This man barely threw it all year. Now you want him playing receiver. But to give a little more uh, craze, the okay, the 28-3 comeback was insane uh, with the score itself. But we saw three of the best catches in Super Bowl history that game. Julio Jones made, like, two insane sideline toe drag swag catches. I think that's what people called it after that game was going because there's some that he could tort his body. He was like, there's no way he could be in bounds, but his two toes quickly found a way to stay in bounds. That was prime Julio. He was insane. He was so much fun to watch, but that still wasn't the best catch of that Super Bowl though. Cause Edelman made that insane dra- diving catch. Oh, and it was like bobbling around. And he like grabs it right before it touches the ground. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Was- where you always see it in slow-mo. Yeah, exactly. How did he ever catch that? How was he at a concentration? Yeah. So receiver-wise, that that's the Super Bowl uh, with the Patriots and Falcons. Well, and that one went to overtime. Yeah, that's true. We got a little extra Super Bowl out of that one. You know what the 2018 one has over the 2017 one, though? Nick Foles? What? No. Oh. <laughs> the Patriots losing. I give that one a bonus for the 2018. Bro, but most definitely. I was going to say, I just wanted to sound not so biased, but I was going to say for sure, I was thinking 2018 was the best Super Bowl because that was one of the rare times we see Tom Brady lose one in his list. And for him to lose, it took some insane risk and and guts, uh, I'll say, just to keep it PG, by Doug Peterson. Oh, for sure. <laughs> Trying a Philly special against <laughs> <laughs> that Patriots team that just... Honestly, that, the only time Tom Brady lost on this whole list was this year, uh, 2018. Yeah, because before that, it was the Giants one we just cut off. Exactly, yep. So it took some crazy efforts, but I liked it. I, I, it was so much fun watching that, all that offense, too. So I agree. I, I go with 2018 Super Bowl's number one. Eagles 41 over the Patriots 33, our number one Super Bowl in the last 10 years. Super Bowl MVP Nick Foles, who's on your Bears team, by the way. You guys have a Super Bowl MVP on the team. Can't get nothing going on offense. He's their third yeah. quarterback. <laughs> but is, that like behind, the, is that like the behind other a better? rookie and Andy Dalton? Yeah. I think Nick Foles has because all three of the quarterbacks started 
okay, a couple games. But I think Nick Foles is 2-0 this year. I think we just need to give the dude more time to play because he wins. I think it was an easy two opponents. <laughs> okay, that's fair. I think one of them was the Lions. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, there you go. <laughs> wow, the Patriots made the top three. But they also, Tom Brady also made the bottom two on this list. Let's run through it one more time. We'll go top to bottom. So the best Super Bowl of the past 10 years was 2018 Eagles versus Patriots. The biggest offensive game in Super Bowl history, Eagles win 41-33 off the Philly special. Number two, the year prior, Patriots complete the biggest comeback in Super Bowl history against the Falcons to win 34-28 at three. Also includes this Patriots 2015 Patriots win on a goal line stance with an interception by Malcolm Butler to win 28, 24 against the Seahawks at fourth. You go all the way back to 2013 uh, where the battle of the Harbaugh brothers in which Ray Lewis and the Ravens come out on top against the 49ers 34, 31 at fifth. We have this year's Super Bowl Rams edge, the Bengals 23, 20 at sixth. We got Patrick Mahomes' comeback. That doesn't seem like a comeback when you look at the score. Chiefs over the 49ers in 2020. At seventh, you go back to 2014. Seahawks' number one defense takes down the Broncos' number one offense in dominating fashion, 43-8. to Eighth, just a couple years after that one, 2016. Broncos win their first Super Bowl since John Elway, beating the Panthers 24-10. to at ninth, we got last year's Super Bowl where the Bucks and Tom Brady dominated the Chiefs 31 to 9. And at 10th, the least best Super Bowl in the last 10 years. We go back to 2019. Actually, the lowest scoring Super Bowl ever. Patriots beat the Rams 13 to 3. Hey, I, I actually really like that list, but damn, it was hard at the top. Yeah, I didn't realize how close the top six yeah. <laughs> were great games. Even seventh was like it was still fun to watch the Legion of Boom. Yeah. Especially now, like reminiscing on those days. Insane. And wow. how good they are and, and where all those players are now. Mm-hmm. How, how many studs they are on defense. Bro, Bobby yeah. Wagner was. What's it called? Bobby Wagner? He's the only one still yeah. there. <laughs> Sad. That's insane. But he's still a stud. Oh, he's still amazing. As good as like this Super Bowl we just watched was, it came in fifth. And it was questionable because we could have seen it being six. Yeah, it was. It was between fifth or sixth. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was. It's super entertaining. But yeah, just how good all these Super Bowls have been, uh, especially the top four. The top four is just in a league of its own because all those. Yeah. Wow. Wow. It's, like all those Super Bowls are something you could tell your kids about. Like, holy, that happened. Yes, we remember those for a while. Especially, like, I remember how crazy the city of Philadelphia went after their rule. And, like, the city almost burned down. Yeah. Philly loves their football, and they really haven't had much success since. Or really, even before. It was just a crazy year, but, wow. It was one of the craziest runs. Uh, it shows how hard continuity is in this league and how hard it is to get to the top and stay at the top. But that wraps it up for this week. We had a more normal episode we had a new segment and a rank it uh but we'll be back next week we're gonna start getting into the nba news more we got all-star weekend coming up definitely gonna be something happening during it that's gonna be worth talking about and college hoops is picking up we're getting closer to the conference tournaments we still got plenty of sports and with that now we officially wrap up 
the football season. But until then, we'll be back next week. <laughs>